0: Life is hard, trouble is real, heaven is not yet, our mission is important, the enemy is vigilant, the world's wisdom is faulty, the culture is set against us, and Jesus has gone to heaven. How are we to live as believers? How, how are we to live and not just live but to thrive as followers of Jesus Christ. We started looking at this question last night. Last night we saw that this was the same dilemma that the disciples as Jesus prepared for his crucifixion, for his resurrection and ascension to heaven were also facing. Jesus would be gone. And how are they to live apart from him as believers? We saw last night that Jesus told them, and he tells us of two companions that we have for the journey, two necessary companions. Now, let me say this. As I have studied these verses, as I have considered these truths, and as I have examined these two companions, I can tell you this morning, we are, most of us, Missing the thrill, missing the fullness of what it is to live as a believer. I I truly believe that. I believe we have set our expectations way too low. I believe that we have made our reality far too small, and we are missing the fullness of living today as a believer. I truly believe that, but I want to tell you the good news this morning is this. That can end today. That can end today. Listen, God has great things for us as followers of Jesus Christ. We are blessed as believers today. That can end today. Today our message is entitled The Believer's Constant Companions Part 2. Last night was part one. I would encourage you if you missed last night, watch it. Don't start right now when you get home. Watch part one. But then tonight, today is part two. The Believer's Constant Companions, Part 2. We're in John chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 24. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 15, Jesus is speaking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also." In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you're going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. During Father, we come again today. We're thankful, so thankful to come and to, to worship you today to lift your name up, to know that you are our hope, to know that there is the forgiveness of sin in you, that we're saved, not of any work that we would do, but by the finished work of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful for the testimony of baptism this morning. I pray, Lord, that those men would find a church that would surround them and walk with them and grow together with them and then point to the the glory of our Savior, Jesus. Lord, I pray now at this time as we begin to study your word, I pray that you would speak. I know it is your word. I know it's living and active. I know it's your voice. And so I pray, Lord, that as believers, we crave to hear from you this morning. And I pray that you would speak. I know that you will through your word. Lord, I pray the impact would be that we would be encouraged, that we would be changed. I pray for those that do not know you that would hear this. In the hearing of the gospel, that today they might trust you, turn to you in salvation. Lord, We again, we exalt you. We give this to you. We lay it out before you. We ask that you take it and bless it and use it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Yesterday, we saw that as Jesus prepares to separate from the disciples, first in death, and then in His ascension, He is telling them how they will make it without Him. Now, but now for sure, understand, they are anxious about that. They are wondering about that. Well, He is telling them how they are going to make it without Him. Now if you think about it, that seems like an impossible thing. You see, they have been for a little over three years with Jesus. In that time, they have had His leadership. He set their course. In that time, they had had his wisdom. In that time, they had seen, they had witnessed, they had had his power. And now they would go, not just into the rest of their lives, but now they would go into this crucial mission without him. Now, that doesn't seem like a recoverable setback to me. How do you live? How do you move once Jesus is gone? Well, Jesus has been very careful. He's been very deliberate in telling them how. He has told them they will live, they will succeed, they will even thrive with two companions. And that's what he's telling us in these verses. They will live apart from him with these two companions. Now, the first is the word of God and the other is the Holy Spirit of God. For believers, these two, Two companions are the key to living and to thriving as believers. Yesterday, we looked at the Word of God. We saw that God loves through His Word, and that was a tremendous revelation. He doesn't just reveal His love through His Word. He actually loves through His Word. We saw that God loves through His Word. Be sure, listen to me. God, in his grace, in his perfect wisdom, shows us the best way to live. You want to know the best way to live? He shows us the best way to live. He shows us the best way to think. He shows us the best way to talk. He shows us the best way to move and to maneuver as believers. Now, let me say it again, and I'm going to say it a bunch more times, most likely, but let me say it one more time. The best thing you can do And I'm talking absolutely the best thing you can do as a follower of Jesus Christ is be in the word of God. That's the best thing you can do. And listen, doesn't matter whatever age you are, start early, go late. doesn't matter what status you are in life. It doesn't matter what situation you're facing. The absolute best thing you can do is be in the word of God. God loves you through his word. Sometimes folks will say, well, I don't feel God right now. Well, I'm not sure he loves me right now. Well, listen, he loves you through his word. The best thing you can do is be in the word of God. I'll just tell you, I almost want to go back and preach that sermon again from last night. I won't, but I will say this. We are messing up when we stay out of the word of God. We are messing up when we stay out Of the Word of God. Well, today we come to the second companion. The first companion is the Word of God. If you're going to succeed, if you're going to thrive as a believer, your companion has to be the Word of God. Well, today the second companion is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. Let's go to our verses beginning today in verse 16. I will ask the Father, Jesus is speaking. And he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Jesus says, I will ask the Father. Now we see here, he is our intercessor. He goes for us. And so interceding for us, he asks the Father. And he says, and he, the Father will give you another helper. You, an individual, he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Jesus is leaving. They will be separated. This helper, however, will be permanent. He will be with us forever. Now that is a big deal to us As believers, listen, once we receive the Holy Spirit of God, we have him forever. We cannot, we do not lose the Holy Spirit of God. He is with us forever. That is a big deal. I'm sure it was a great comfort to them. Today it should be a great comfort to us as well. Jesus is leaving. The Holy Spirit never will. It is a great comfort. The verse says he will give you another helper. Now let's look at two words here. The first is another, another. It means, it translates a separate one, another one, but like the other. That's what it means. It is not the same one. It is another one, but the one is like the other. Now, that sounds a little bit crazy, but that's, that's what it means. It's not the same one. It is another one, but the one is like the other. Now, that'll make sense in a moment. The word helper, another, that's one. The word helper is a complex Greek word. In fact, if you go look at it, it cannot be defined in just one word. Now, there's a lot of words like that, but it cannot be defined just in one word. English word. It most literally translates, and, and, and again, it's, it's complex, but it most literally translates one called alongside to help. That is, that is the definition. One called alongside to assist or to help. Now, the aspects of this helper include from the definition from the Bible, the word of God, our helper is our advocate. Our helper, our counselor, our comforter, our exhorter, our encourager, our intercessor, and our defender. That's all wrapped up in the one that comes alongside. That is who the helper is to us. Now listen, if he is another helper, it means Jesus is the first helper. Jesus is the first helper. Now what that means is Jesus. He is our advocate, helper, comforter, counselor, exhorter, encourager, intercessor, defender. We know that he is are, he's those things. Jesus is our help. Well, now we have promised another help. And so understand what that means is this. The one the father sends is not less than the first helper, Jesus. And that's a big deal. Well, I'd rather have Jesus. Well, you know what? I I, I, I could trust Jesus. I could see Jesus. Well, understand the one that the Father sends is not less than the first helper, Jesus. That's a big deal. Verse 17. That he may be with you forever. Into verse 16, verse 17. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, there's a lot here. This is a loaded up verse. There's a lot in verse 17. First, understand, this is talking about the Holy Spirit of God. It's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God is... An individual. He is part of the Trinity. He is equal to the Father, but he's not the Father. He is equal to Jesus, but he's not Jesus. He is fully God. He is a distinct, separate individual, and yet he is fully God. Because he is God, he is eternal. He is not created. He does not have a starting place. He has always been. Now listen to me, that is the teaching of the Bible. That is the understanding of the Bible. And anything counter to that is not the truth. There's folks teaching all different shades of this. Listen, if that is not what you're hearing, that is not the biblical truth, it matters. He is part of the Trinity. He is equal to the Father. He is equal to Jesus, but he's his own distinct individual, fully God. It says here that he is the spirit of truth. Now, that's one of his names. That particular name means that he enlightens, that he reveals, that he brings the truth, that he speaks the truth. And so that's, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. He enlightens, reveals, speaks the truth of God. Now, there's other names for him, the spirit of God, the spirit of jesus the spirit of life he's also called the helper the advocate he's also called god verse 17 says the lost world cannot receive him and it can't receive him because it does not know him and does not see him that's what that's what the the lost world that's what the, the verse says the lost world cannot receive him because it does not see him or does not know him. Now, let me just tell you. That is the reason lost people act like lost people. We live in a day where we go, I can't believe that. I I can't believe it's come to this. How can they ever do that? How can they ever think that? That's not logical. You ever wonder that about every two hours? That's not logical. How does anybody think that? This is why lost people act like lost people. We ought not be surprised when lost people act like lost people. Lost people are not able to discern spiritual truth. That's what the Bible says. The word of God is foolishness to lost people. And so when they cry out against it, when they, when they make fun of it, it's because they can't understand the word of God as lost people. Jesus says, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Now, the word abide means has a place with. That's the best definition. It means remains or stays. He has a place with you. He stays with you. Now, again, the Holy Spirit stays with a believer. Be sure of that. We can quench him. We can ignore him. We cannot heed him, but we cannot shake him. The Holy Spirit stays with a believer. Then it says something radical, something wild. It says, And he will be in you. Now hold on, he will be with you. Now it says, He will be in you. I want you to get this this morning. When we are saved, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, a lot happens. And I, I tried to make a list. A lot happens when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, in that instant, we are redeemed from sin. In that instant, we are made the righteousness of Jesus. In that instant, we are justified before God. We are set right with God. The reason is because we've become the righteousness of of Jesus, When we're saved, we have eternal life. We are possessing eternal life. It will not end. When we're saved, we become children of God and irrevocable adoption has occurred. When we're saved, we become heirs of the promise. We become citizens of the kingdom. We become new creation in Christ. That's what the Bible says. When we're saved, we are placed in the church God places you in a local church. When we're saved, we are gifted for service in the church. If you're saved, you have a gift to use in the church. And we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. When we are saved, God lives in us. We are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. When you are saved in that instant, we are His temple. Ephesians 1.13 says the seal of God on us, you want to know what the seal is? The seal that's irrevocable, the seal of God on us is the fullness of the Spirit that lives in us. That's what Ephesians 1.13 says. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? 1 Corinthians 3, 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Be very sure today, when you got saved, the fullness of the Holy Spirit of God, not part of the Holy Spirit, not a piece of the Holy Spirit, moved into you and now resides in you. Therefore, listen to me, you need not another work of the Spirit. You need not another filling of the Spirit. You need not another sign or manifestation of the Spirit. You need not another baptism of the Spirit or a baptism of fire or any other kind of baptism. The Holy Spirit of God lives in you when you got saved. That is the promise of Jesus. That is the word of Jesus. Let me just tell you, you can't live as a believer apart from the Holy Spirit of God. He lives in you when you got saved. Let me tell you, today, there is a whole distorted movement of people, and they're seeking something they already have. And you watch them, they want more of the Holy Spirit. And if I can get more of the Holy Spirit, and I want more of the Holy Spirit, and I want more of the Holy Spirit, well, that'd be like getting more of Jesus. You can't divide Jesus You don't get his bottom third and his top third at some other time. The Holy Spirit, he is a distinct individual. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the totality of the Holy Spirit. And so these folks are saying, I want more, I want more of something. If they've trusted Christ, they already have. Get this. When we are saved, as Jesus has ascended He seals us, Ephesians 1.13, and he fills us with our advocate, our helper, our exhorter, our comforter, our encourager, our intercessor, our defender lives inside of us, and he has a permanent residence in us. He is our companion, praise the Lord. He is our companion, praise the Lord. Now, I want you to watch the first of verse 18. It's interesting. The punctuation in our scripture was was added by people making an English translation. I believe the first part of verse 18 stands alone tied to what we've just looked at. The very first part of verse 18 says this. I will not leave you as orphans. I believe that's the complete thought of Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. Listen, how are we to live as believers how are we to live as Christ followers? Jesus says, I have not abandoned you. I'm not going to abandon you. You're not left to your own devices. You are not left alone. No, in God's grace and in God's great love and in his total wisdom, believers have two constant companions, the word of truth, the word of God, and the spirit of truth, the spirit of God. And through them, God is with them us and God is in us folks do you see how marvelous that is do you see how marvelous that is we have nothing to fear We have nothing to worry about. We get so worried about all the crazy things. Well, this is going on and the sickness is doing this and the economy is doing that. Listen, we have nothing to worry about as believers. God is with us and God is in us. I will not leave you as orphans. Praise the Lord. Jesus goes on in verse 18. I will come to you. Verse 19, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Now this verse, the end of verse 18 and verse 19 is talking about the resurrection. I will come to you, he will see them. Now it's gonna be briefly but he will see them. They will see him. He will appear to them after the resurrection. After the cross, I'm going to die. You're going to see that, but I will come to you and, I, and you will see me. I will appear to you after the resurrection. And then there's this encouragement. There's this truth. Jesus says, tying it all together, because I live, you will live also. How are we ever going to live? How are we ever going to live, especially spiritually? Jesus says, because I live, you will live also. I want to tell you that's bigger than we think. Jesus tells them, he tells it up here in this, this room, you're going to see me die, and it's going to be unbearable. It's going to be brutal. You're going to actually see me die, and you'll see me pulled off of the cross and put in a grave. You'll see me in the grave when it's shut, but then you will see me alive. And because I live, you will live also. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20, listen. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there's no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised then your preaching is vain. It's empty. Your faith is also vain. It is empty. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Jesus, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. Listen to this. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. You're lost then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we of all men are most to be pitied, verse 20, but now Christ has been risen from, has been raised from the dead. He says, when you see me, because I live, you shall live. Verse 20, in that day you will know that I Am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. On that day, on that day of the resurrection, on that day when they see Jesus, they will know. On that day, their faith will be sight. And on that day, they will know Jesus is God. He's equal with the Father. And there will be no uncertainty. On that day, when you see me living again, you will No. Hear me this morning. We are blessed in these days. And I I, I think that's the point of this message. Today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we can make a list of all the things wrong. We can make a list of all the things terrible. And I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying they're not hard. But I want to tell you the truth of what Jesus has said as followers of Jesus Christ, We are blessed in these days. Now, we look forward to a day when our faith will end in sight. I look forward to a day there'll be no more sin and no more stain of sin. I look forward to a day there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. I look forward to that. But until then, you listen to me, God is with us. God is in us. And we have a call to glorify his name. We are blessed today in these days. Here's my encouragement this morning. Get in the Word of God. Walk in the Spirit of God. Pick your eyes up. Lift your head up, and live for the glory of God. And I want to tell you, if I could scream that, I'd scream that. I, I, I might try it here in a second. But listen, we are today. Get in the Word of God. He takes residence with us when we're in the word of God. We saw that last night. We're to walk in the spirit and the leading of God. We need to pick our eyes up today as believers. We need to lift our eyes up today of all people. And we need to live for the glory of God in these days. We of all people are blessed today. We're blessed in these days. We are so loved. We're so loved. We're so loved. Let us then live for the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. I'm thankful for good news. I'm thankful for good news that we're going to be in heaven, that we have eternal life, that we'll be in your presence. I'm thankful for good news that you take up an abode with us through your word. I'm thankful for the good news that as believers, you live in us. I'm thankful that in the good news right now, we have nothing to fear, nothing to dread. Our God is with us. Dear Father, I pray we take hope in that. I pray that we would start to, to show that, that it would change our countenance, that it would change our walk, that it would change our priority set, that we have good news. We're blessed in these days. Lord, I thank you for that. I praise you for that. Lord, I pray for those that are not blessed. I pray for those that are stumbling to death, perishing in their sin. I pray, Lord, in the hearing of an attractive good news of a risen Savior that today they might turn to you, they might trust you. Lord, I pray that in all the responses today that you would be glorified, that your name would be lifted up. We give you our time of invitation. We trust it to you. We believe you've spoken. We ask that you continue to speak. You continue to work. We pray the result will be, again, much glory given to you. We love you, Lord. We praise you, we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to conclude our time together with a time of response, a time to respond to the preached word, and that's, that's exactly what we're going to do. That's the main thing we came for today, is to respond to the truth of the preached word. Here, here's the good news today. God loves you. He loves you. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, he loved us so much that he came and he took our sin, he paid for it on the cross of Calvary. Listen, God loves you today so much that he's made a way for you. He's made a remedy for you in your sin. He pays for it on the cross of Calvary. They nail him to the cross. He dies, he pays for it in his own blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He pays for it there. They take him off of the cross. He's dead, paid for it with his life. They put him in a grave. The good news of the gospels is he didn't stay there. Three days later, he walks out of the grave and he stands in victory. He stands as the risen Savior. And the Bible says by faith in him, not in getting things right, not in trying harder, but by faith in him, we are saved. That's good news. We have good news. If you've never trusted Jesus, trust him today. Call out to him today. Trust him as the Savior for your sin. He'll save you today. Call upon Jesus. He'll save you today. If you're here and you've trusted in Christ, but you've never followed in believer's baptism, the Bible says it's always by immersion. Go to the New Testament. It's always by immersion. It's always after the point that a person's saved, not before, not part of salvation, but after a person's saved, it testifies to our being saved. If you're here and you've trusted Christ, maybe recently, maybe further back, But you've never fought in believer's baptism. I want to give you an opportunity to come as well and say, you know what? I want that testimony to stand. I want to celebrate Christ like that. And you come in obedience to what he has said. We'll do that. We'll set a date. and It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe you're here and you're looking for a church home and you believe God has led you here. You come as well. Together we'll uphold his word. We'll serve for his glory until he comes again. Maybe on this Sunday morning, you want to come pray at an altar. Maybe you want to come and pray for somebody that's lost. Maybe you want to pray for your boldness. Maybe you want to pray for your home. Maybe you want to pray for this movement that we're in the midst of. Maybe you want to come and pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about our head for an exit. Pray for those that are making decisions. If God has spoken to you as we stand and sing, you step out, you come on. I'll meet you here, you come on.